because of uh, everything we've been experiencing, I had just a short little ditty that I wanted to share. It's not mine. It's actually uh, a pastor from Arkansas, and he's uh, well known in the Assemblies of God. In fact, he almost became our secretary treasurer at the last uh, general council. Um, Rod Loy is his name, and he said this. He said, in times of crisis and challenge, instead of arguing, I suggest we come together in unity, pray for each other, and bless our brothers and sisters who disagree with us. And, and that could be over a multitude of plat- platforms, you know, whether it's political or in the church. How many have watched some of the discussions to have church or not to have church? Some are canceling services, he said, and and are convinced that it's the right thing to do. Others are having service equally convinced it's the right thing to do. I suggest, he said, we make a covenant not to criticize each other. Can I get a good amen? amen? The last thing anybody needs right now is the distraction of friendly fire. And you know what that means, right? We're shooting each other. That's just something the devil wants us to do. After all, we are family, right? We are family. Whether your church meets in person or online today, I pray the Lord ministers to people, that hearts are touched and that lives are changed. So I agree with Rod that this should be a day where we're not leveling off on the people that aren't doing things the way we think they ought to be done. Let's just enjoy the presence of the Lord today and let Him move. I know... Uh, if you're just tuning in here on live stream, we'd like to welcome you. And I know there are many that are doing that today as a result of either somebody in their family being sick or uh, their immunities being a little bit low. So welcome. Welcome to the Hope, everyone. Uh, I think I know everybody in here as I've been looking across the room. But if not, I'm Pastor Norm, if you're just tuning in, the lead pastor here at the Hope. And uh, I just want to say it's been a crazy week. For all of us, you know, and I think you really get the gist of it if you walk into any one of our stores right now (laughs) and you realize people are, wow, when fear hits, it's amazing what we do, you know, And, and I'm, hey, are we any better? Should we be though? And I think that's kind of where this message is heading today uh, due to the upheaval around us. I just felt like, you know what, this would be a great time to just look at Psalm 91. So if you're at home, dust off that big book of yours. Or if you have your electronic Bibles, pull them out. We're going to look at Psalm 91. You, you pick your favorite passage or your favorite translation Uh, I'm typically going to be using the TNIV today unless I say otherwise, just because I felt like it really connected uh, with this idea. I believe this psalm was intended to bring peace. How many could use some of that today? I know I could. And the cool part is, right right out of the gate, right off the bat, we get to this, wow, how'd that do that? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> my box is kind of goofy. Uh, do I? Oh, i got to turn it on. There we go. 
Hang on, I'm with you. There we go. Oh, all my boxes are off. Cool. Hey, just ignore that part. I intended that to happen. Doesn't that look right? Right out of the gate, this title is in there, and, and I love it. My God. Can you say that with me? My God. Not like, my God, but my God. My God. you got to get this in your spirit today. Say it with me. My God. Now say it one more time, meaning it. My God. That's why we're here. Because of my God. Our God. Hallelujah. Who wrote this? Psalm 91. Well, they really don't know for sure. But the previous book, or chapter I should say, uh, chapter 90, was written by Moses, ascribed to him. All right, And typically what they say is, if there's not, if it isn't actually said who wrote it, then just look to the book ahead of it. So in this case, it could have been Moses, but we're not exactly sure. But it would make sense. Because what did the uh, people of Israel have to do? They had to walk through the desert. A very dry time for them. They didn't know what was coming next. All they knew is was that God provided for them on a daily basis. In fact, we read about the manna. Remember that? that the, and they say it, it probably tasted something like a honey-coated cracker. I, I have no idea. It must have been filling, and if God made it, it was good. But the cool part was that six days out of the week, they could only grab it for one day, but that sixth day, the day of the Sabbath, when they gathered it in the morning, they were to grab enough for two days so they didn't have to do it the second. If they grabbed it on Monday and tried to hold on to enough for, until Wednesday, guess what happened? It rotted. How cool is that? But on that sixth day, when they grabbed enough for two days, miraculously, it didn't rot. What does that tell us? My God is in control. He's got this. So we may think, oh, Walmart's empty. Who's your supply? My God. My God. Should we be worried about it if we don't have enough hand sanitizer? Somebody told me they, they went into uh, uh, Kohl's and, and they had those big bottles and they had those... Uh, uh, what do they call them, the security tags on them so they couldn't steal them. I'm like, that's how desperate we are today. But who protects us? My God. Let's get there, all right? Let's look at this. Psalm 91, I'm going to begin with verses 1 and 2. Oh, good, that's in the box. Stayed there. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. They say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Hallelujah. Is that a good word or what? I want to break this down today, and hopefully I can get through this in about 40 minutes or so. But as I look at this, there are four names of God here, if you look at this. Most High, Almighty, Lord, and of course, God. Whoever wrote this, whether it was Moses 
or someone else, they believed God had this. Four times he's mentioned just in these first two verses. First it says he's the Most High. What does that mean to you? There's nothing higher. Coronavirus. God. Most High. Get it? All right, I'll stop there. The second word I wanted to point out was dwells. And this is so important. And I was going to go over and I was going to point to John where Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. Those that abide in me, you know, those that are plugged into me. All right, I didn't do that. But what I want you to get here is when you dwell with God, when you dwell in His shelter, what you're actually doing is you're living in Him. And that's what we really need to be doing right now. From morning until night, we cannot afford to play Christian. We have to be a Christian. Those that dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Is that you? I hope it is. I hope it is. The shelter, as I see it, is, and, and you know, we haven't had to do this in a while, but those who are old like me, do you remember when you were in elementary school and we would do bomb scares, bomb practices? What'd they have us do? Get, get under the desk. Like that's going to protect you. Really? From an atomic nuclear attack. I think it was just for peace of mind, really, and so that there wasn't mass chaos. Because if we really knew what would happen, (laughs) we would have been running for our lives. To what? I don't know. But there were bomb shelters that were made to somewhat protect you from a direct blast. Now, whether they would have or not, thankfully we didn't have to find that out. But when you put yourself in the shelter of the Most High, nothing can penetrate that. You are in safety, my friend. You are protected. From what? We're going to get to that. Because this whole book here, this whole chapter, explains exactly what He protects us from. The final thing I wanted to point out was the word rest. Those that rest in the shadow of the Almighty. When you think about this, just for a minute, imagine because the people of, of Israel had to go through the desert. And in the, in the Old Testament it says that God was what during the day? A cloud. What does a cloud do? It covers you, it protects you from the sun. So you don't get your little noggin scorched. Alright? That's what it was all about. So when you're in the shadow of the Almighty, you are protected from the elements that could hurt you. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal another part to this in just a minute. But to me, rest is something that you do with family. You spend time with your family. You, you might even spend the night. My son Andy and, Sarah, and my daughter Sarah are here, and they're going to spend the night tonight. They're going to rest at Papa O's tonight. 
And that's what we do when we enter into the shadow of the Almighty. He gives us rest from the heat of the day. He protects us. And we all need this right now because we're bombarded. Listen to this part. Turn off your TV once in a while. Stop looking at your phones. Because Facebook isn't any better. Everybody's highlighting all the negative news. And get into the shadow of the Almighty. And say, God, I need a refill today. I need you to fill me up afresh and anew because I can't go any farther. I've been bombarded all day long with all this negativity. No, I just need some of, some of you, my God. My God. Give him permission and see what he does. Amen? The final word that, that I was going to hear was the word almighty. And, and this is in the Old Testament or in the Hebrew. The root is from sedeh. Today. I've heard it said shaddy eye, but from what I understand here, it's today. And so I'm being corrected myself. According to the TPT Bible, the Passion Bible, uh, this word can mean, and I love this, I actually have it up here, I think. Oh, good, it's in the box. God of the mountain. These are the words that, or the phrases that can be attached to this word. God, the destroyer of enemies. How many could use some of that today, huh? God, the self-sufficient one. He doesn't need anything. He's got it covered. God, the nurturer of babies. Any babies in here today? Hey, I'll tell you what, I'm throwing my hand up. I'm a baby. And the last one is God, the Almighty. And, and that's typically where uh, people go to. That's, that's the translation that they use right there at the very end. But those are words that we can attach to this word almighty. He is my refuge, which is literally a sanctuary or a place of rest. All right? Thank you, Jesus. Am I? There we go. He is my fortress. What's a fortress? What's a fortress? A fort? What did you say? I can't hear you. A castle. I like that. When you see some of these, these places, if, I haven't seen too many castles, all right? I've never gone over to England or whatever, but I know there's one in, uh, just south of Jacksonville. I think it's August, St. Augustine. They have a big fort there and cannons inside. And if anybody tried to come after them, they just shove those cannons out the windows and start firing on them. And it was pretty difficult to get through that block wall that they had built there. Think about God for a minute as your fortress. Nothing can penetrate. Nothing. He is your fortress. Why am I sharing all this today? We're in a time of trouble. Would you agree? We have never, my generation has never experienced anything quite like this. And I don't necessarily mean the virus as much as what's following the virus. The pandemonium. We need to know that God is our fortress. And the next word that the psalmist used was refuge. So important. He is our refuge. Hallelujah. In whom I trust. 
Here we go. Do you trust him? Do you? How many went out and, and got six months worth of food the last two days? Do you trust him? You get where I went with that? I'm not pointing you out. I didn't ask you to raise your hand. There's a difference between being smart and panicking. And for those of you who did buy six months worth of food, hopefully you do the Christian thing and you share some of that with those in need as we go through this process. Some guy had a, a picture of uh, 20,000 of those uh, little pump things with, with the hand sanitizer in it. I'm like, what? What are you going to do with that? I don't know, maybe he thinks he's going to sell them for 10 bucks a piece. Silly. In whom do I trust? In whom do I believe in? Trust means that you believe someone is reliable or something is reliable. You wouldn't be here today in this church if you didn't think the church was reliable. And I'm happy for that, but we also have to use our smarts. And we're just to say right here, we're gauging this on a weekly basis. If it appears that this thing is spreading, we'll probably just do live stream. So where do you find that? GaylordChurch.com. Click on the menu button and then the uh, live stream button. And... If we end up canceling church, well, we're working on getting our uh, praise and worship on there from the very beginning. And I don't know that we'll have it done by next week, probably not, but we're working on it. So eventually you'll be able to hear the whole service on live stream. But just in case we end up having to cancel, please tune in and uh, we will make sure that we are at least feeding you the Word of God at the very least, okay? So back to the message. When I look at this and, and I see that we are to trust God, that tells me that there's nothing else that we're putting our faith in. Some might even say for my generation, you can bank on Him. And today that's important because many of us have watched our retirement funds just tank. But you can bank on God. He owns all the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, for those of you who are relying on your wealth, put it into things that will draw real interest in heaven. Store up your treasures in heaven where it won't rust, where moths won't eat it. Because God has a bank account for us when we get to heaven. And whatever you put in it, it's going to yield high returns someday. When we finally get there, Hallelujah. Can you say amen? We know that this, this banking system, it's always... Anyhow, my God. Can you say that with me? My God. He is my refuge, my fortress. My God in whom I trust. You still with me? Next few verses. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night. And, and by the way, that's the mind. 
That's, that's when you go to bed and you start to have uh, uh, just this, it, it feels like this pressure. It could be a dream. Some call them nightmares. And honestly, this week and for the first time, three nights, I have not been able to sleep. And I could feel that darkness encroaching. And, and Mary came up and she laid hands on me and she said, God knows that you're carrying a heavy weight today. But he wants you to know he's got you girded up today. And I thank you for that because that was a real message that I needed to hear. And by the way, your hands, unless you're running a fever and you shouldn't be here, I felt the fire coming through my back as she laid hands on me. And I was just like, yes, hallelujah, praise Jesus. So I want you to understand today that sometimes the devil tries to come at us in, in places that he shouldn't. But you just got to hang on and believe God is my protector. Hallelujah. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrows that fly by day. And that, that's our physical, the physical enemies. You probably don't think of this, but you know, when you've got stuff going on like we do, anybody else kind of watching? when you go through the store? Because you don't know what people will do. You hope that they're going to be civil. But if they know you've got toilet paper... <laughs> I actually saw a guy wrote this on Facebook. He said, all you guys, you're going out and you're buying all that Facebook. He says, I'm buying ammo and I'm going to come and take your teepee. <laughs> That's a joke, sort of, but you get where I'm going with that? nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Now again, that last part there, that, that plague thing is really what we're facing right now. And it's coming at us head on, and we just have to be smart. By the way, when you go out the doors, just use your elbow. When you turn on a light switch, just use your elbow. Try not to touch things. And how many have stuck your hands on your face today? Do you know that the reason they're wearing those masks, it isn't to protect them from others? Because it doesn't. They're wearing those masks to keep from sticking their own paws on their face after they grab a handle or a doorknob or something that's infected. That's why they wear the masks. So I don't know if you knew that. But the masks don't work. You're wasting your money. However, if you're one of those that's always pawing your face, it works. You can't get to your face. This word here, right at the beginning, verse 3, it says, the fowler's snare. There's a correlative passage in Psalm 140 that says this, Rescue me, Lord, from evildoers. Protect me from the violent who de devise evil plans in their hearts and stir up war every day. This is happening around us right now. You've got to see this. They make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's. The poison of vipers is on their lips. They're using their mouth to tear people up. We see it every single day. 
And then the prayer part, keep me safe, Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Protect me from the violent who devise ways to trip my feet. There is an effort to undermine you, the child of God. Who do you think's behind it? Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with the powers and the principalities of darkness. Ephesians chapter 6. The arrogant have hidden a snare for me. They have spread out the cords of their net. Hallelujah. This shows me that we have to be careful. The fowler's snare has been set. You and I should not walk into it. And if you ever watch the Alaskan people, the bush people or whatever, have you ever seen the snare that they use? And it's, I, I, I don't like watching it when they do it, but they, they take a little wire and they tie it off to a tree, so they leave it an opening like this, and if the rabbit goes through it and they find a little rabbit path and they put it right in the path, the rabbit's head goes into it, and as he pushes through, it tightens that. And they're stuck. That's what a snare is. And the same is true with us. The devil, he, he puts it right on our path. And he, he sets it up so you don't even see it coming. And next thing you know, you're in it. And you're stuck. And you can't get out of it. And you end up either choking yourself off, or you die of starvation because you can't move. Don't be that person. Don't let the fowler snare get you. Deadly pestilence. This, of course, references disease. How many would say that we're kind of facing that? But this is nothing, hear me, this is nothing like the plagues of old. Nothing. Under his wing. Oh, I love this part. It's one of my favorites. This was the best one I could find. My God, can you say that with me? Who's going to get to that little chick? Nobody without some serious hurt. All right? That mother or father, whichever it is, is going to make sure that chick is safe, probably giving its own life. Our God, the Most High, God Almighty, He has us under his wing. Hallelujah. Do you get the correlation there? Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say here? How many can feel that? How many can sense that? If you're under God's wing, what do you got to worry about? God is faithful. Oh, geez. He is so faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13, the NLT says, if we are unfaithful he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is god will never be unfaithful to you well what if i blow it yeah what if you do god can't be unfaithful to you can you go too far i believe you can i think you can go too far and end up disconnecting from the throne from heaven but it takes a lot to get there. And you can't always come back. Thank you, Drew, for saying that. God will never be unfaithful to you. Sometimes we think, oh, well, I have gone too far. No, 
You have it. You have it. <laughs> I can promise you, you have it. I've read books of people who have did horrendous things and God forgave them. You aren't that person. God is faithful. His faithfulness is our shield and buckler. What is that? Two things. The shield is mobile. Wherever you go, you can take that with you. What's the shield do? Quenches the fiery arrows of the enemy, right? The assault from the devil and his minions. The second part of this, it, it, it's actually rampart. That's fixed. It's like a wall. And nobody's going to get through it. So you see here, we've got refuge, we've got shelter, we've got rampart. What isn't God offering us to keep us safe? How many believe God's Word is true? And then this next part's a little bit scary. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Point to your neighbor and say, it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. I'm going to leave that one alone. I think it's self-explanatory. But I want to say this. People are going to die. That's a fact of life. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die, right? And throughout history, there have been many wars and many plagues that have taken hundreds of thousands of lives. And the Lord wants us to know this, that death, though real, it shouldn't be our concern. If you stop breathing today, if your heart were to give out right now, where would you go? So it's win-win. If it's your time. And if it isn't, then do all the things you need to do to reach the lost, to reach the dying, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, even to pray for those who are sick. Read Matthew, I'm sorry, read Mark 16, uh, verses 9 through 20. Not right now. But you can go there and, and then do what that says to do. Pray for the sick. Drive out demons. Isn't it interesting that there are shows on TV today and that's what they do? They're popular too. Drive out demons. Only they're not representing the kingdom. They're just driving out demons. I can tell you right now that wouldn't happen, but you and I can though in Jesus' name. The Most High. Jesus. Every name must submit to His name. If you're born again, if you're twice born as I like to call it, we should not be afraid of death. 
Rather, the Bible says, be afraid of God, the God who will judge all men. Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That's who we should be afraid of. So if you're twice born, you've got nothing to fear about death. Though a thousand may fall to your left and ten thousand to your right, it shouldn't concern you. I know it's, un- it's unnerving. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, all right? I'm not trying to put fear in anybody here. In fact, I'm trying to encourage you. Don't worry about it. Instead, be in prayer. Be prayed up. You are a Spirit-filled people. You are Pentecostals, so let's act like it. What do we have to fear? Verse 9, it goes right back into it. If you say, the Lord is my refuge. What? If you say. If you say the Lord is my refuge. What that says to me is you got to believe it and you got to speak it. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling. What's that next part? No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent or in modern terms, your home. Remember this later today. Remember this later this week as all the fear mongers are out there trying to scare you half to death. Quote this in your family, over your family. Plead the blood of Jesus over them. For he will what? Command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. And at the very bottom there I have, my God is my refuge. My God is my refuge. Hallelujah. He is the Most High. He is our dwelling place. No harm will overtake us. No disaster will come near our tent. And I quoted here, Isaiah 54, 17, which is where we get that idea that no weapon formed against us will prosper. So in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed, the NLT says. You will silence every voice. God will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. And notice this next part. I love this. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I am. I am what? (laughs) Can God lie? So if he said it, it has to be true. So this is another one you need to put on your refrigerator. All right? No weapon turned against you will succeed. God will vindicate you. So what should we be doing during this time? Praying. Spending time in the shelter of the Most High God. Letting Him fill us. 
with his fresh ideas, with his spirit. I said this earlier, we are spirit-fed and spirit-led. If you let God feed you, he will eventually lead you to the places he wants you to be. Where you will do the most work. Where whatever you put your hand to will succeed. People need the message that we have today. This next part talks about uh, he will command his angels and give them charge over you. Matthew 4 and Luke 4 both talk about how Jesus, right after he was baptized, if you remember that, John the Baptist baptized him in the River Jordan, and right after he was baptized, he went into battle. And he fought the devil for 40 days. And the Bible says that he, let me show you, this is what the Bible says. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Are you born again? Did God say he would send his angels to take charge over you? Just as he did with his son Jesus in the desert, he will do the same for you. If we believe that He is the Most High God, Almighty, our shelter, our refuge, our dwelling place. I hope this is starting to resonate with you. I'm just about done. I'm getting close. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. And when I read this one, I'm like, no thanks. We, we watched a little bit of Lion King last night with my grandkids. And uh, honestly... Them lions were pretty, pretty ferocious. I, I can't, I've seen them where they've come out of bushes in videos and scared the daylights out of people, jumped on the cars that they were riding in, the tour cars. I just saw the video and I was scared. So I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know about this. I, I'm not so sure I really want to be that guy. All right? But hear this, Derek Kidner and this was out of the Tyndale uh, commentary, but he said, such terms as the lion and the cobra are frequently symbols for evil men and their powers. That helps make a little bit of difference to me anyway. Uh, and, and where they get this is Psalm 58, 3-6. Even from birth, the wicked go astray from the womb there, wayward spreading lies. Just as I read this, just see if it doesn't resonate with some of the people we've been seeing lately. Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears, that will not heed the tune of the charmer. However, skillful the enchanter may be. And then he says, break the teeth out of their mouths, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions. So this is showing us that the wicked are these snakes and cobras. I believe that's what we're seeing in this reference in Psalm 91. And I just want to add to that, my God will protect us. What should we fear? My God. Can you say that again? My God. Oh, hallelujah. The final few verses. Because they love me. Say that with me. Because they love me, says the Lord, I will rescue them. I will protect them. 
for they acknowledge my name. They will call on me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will deliver them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. That's good news, folks. Because they love me, I will rescue them. I will protect them. If you love Jesus, you've got nothing to worry about. And if you're here today or or if you're tuned in online, in just a minute I'm going to give you a chance to invite Jesus into your family. To become a part of His family. But right now, let me just repeat this again. Because they love me, God said, I will rescue them and protect them. And then He said, for they acknowledge my name, then I will answer them. So when you have a request, it isn't brass, it isn't just hitting the ceiling and coming back down. God hears your prayers. If you truly love Him and acknowledge His name, He is with you and He will answer you. And you've got to see this part. He says, I will be with them in trouble. It doesn't say He will keep us from trouble. He says, I will be with them. So I don't know what you're up against right now. I don't know what you're facing in your own life. But I do know this. We serve a mighty God. The Most High God. And it is in His protection that we are safe. So if you have put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you have confessed your sins to Him and said, Jesus, forgive me and make me a new person, if you've done that, and now you're trying to live your life for Him on a daily basis, this is you. This Psalm 91 is for you to bring you peace and hope. We don't have to fear. That's good news if you ask me. That's great news. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that in this time of need, you and I need to be a light to this shining world. To this dark world, I should say. We need to shine our light in this dark world. Jesus said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If you, can, if you observe a need in somebody and you can fill that need, then do it in Jesus' name. If you hear of somebody sick, you know what? Risk it. Pray for them. Maybe from a distance, but if God tells you to, you better lay hands on them. I, I was going to share this uh, other thing. You don't realize how many places that plagues have hit humanity. And since Jesus' time, the Christians stepped up, became the light. While people were throwing their wounded out, while they were throwing out the sick out of their homes so they didn't catch it, while they were picking their bodies up and they didn't want to bury them because they didn't want to get infected, the Christians came out into the streets and picked them up. 
they buried the dead, and they tended to the sick. There are many occasions where that's happened through history. So what does that say to us, modern church? Let's be that. Let's be the church. Let's love people realizing I am in the shadow of the Almighty's wing. What weapon is going to affect me? Unless he allows it, nothing. And if he does allow it, there's a reason. There's some way he's going to get glory through that. I know some of you are like, that ain't me, man. Maybe it's not. But I'm trying to challenge everybody here, including myself. I'm not looking to go lay hands on the people that have this virus unless God tells me to do it. But if I run across somebody that's sick, I better be praying for them. Hallelujah. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. They say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Our response should be, don't panic during this time of instability. And it's my opinion that if we do panic, we're really showing that we don't trust God. God's got this. Will you say it with me again? My God. And I'm asking you to pray like never before. Set aside a certain time during the day over this next few weeks and pray. Maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's 15. If you're a real intercessor, maybe a half hour, an hour. But let's pray and believe that God can turn this thing around. Can he? And as I've already said, if the opportunity arises, pray for the sick, according to Mark 16. Would you stand with me? So if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm... Or if you're online and you say, Pastor Norm, I don't have that relationship with Jesus, but I want to be ready. Just in case a thousand fall to my left and ten thousand to my right. I want to pray with you. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? If you're in here today and you say, Pastor, would you pray with me? I need Jesus. I need, I need all that he's got for me today, and I don't think that I'm there yet. Would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Hands going up. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Hallelujah. All right. That's good. For the rest of us, I want you to pray this as well, but I'm going to conclude with this little prayer. If you will, just say it with me. Trust, trust that what I'm about to say will apply to you as well. How's that sound? All right? So let's begin first with those who need Jesus. Heavenly Father, I need Jesus. I need you to forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. And today, March the 15th, 2020, in the middle of the coronavirus, I give you my life and my love, and I ask you right now, Reveal yourself to me. Show me who you really are so that I can follow you all the days I have left. 
Now for the rest of you, I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, I believe you are my God. I thank you for your safety and protection. Now use me as you see fit. May my thrust in this time of need be to look for opportunities to minister the love of Jesus to those who need it most. Keep me safe as I do this, my God. And Lord, help me to be diligent in my prayer times. And may I focus on the dead, the unborn, and not the twice-born. May I pray for those who need Jesus. May that be my emphasis. I pray this in Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. And everybody said, Amen. 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 We didn't do an offering. If you have a gift and you want to give that, you're going to do it on the way out today because we're limiting how much we pass and handle stuff. Um, just trying to be safe. If you, if you give online, thank you for that. Thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness. That's a great way to do it where you don't have to put it in the bucket. You don't have to touch stuff. Uh, and I hope it doesn't sound weird. Do you get that? Do you get why we're doing that? Okay. Because I, I, at first I was like, really? And I thought, you know, this thing lasts nine or ten days on any surface. So <laughs> that's why, just in case you wondered. And I, hopefully we don't ever experience it here. But just in case, it's just being safe. So, Father, we thank you for those that are able to give today online, uh, here, Lord, in person. We pray that you would bless the givers, and, Lord, that you would multiply their incomes, their resources, 30, 60, even 100-fold. And, Lord, again, we thank you for this uh, church building to meet in today. And those that are online, Lord, I pray that they sensed and, and felt your presence even in their homes today. Lord, as we go home, keep us safe. And again, we pray for a rich revival of God, the Holy Spirit, Lord. May you just pour yourself out on your people throughout our land, throughout the world. Use our missionaries as only you can. I'm sure many of them are wondering what's going on. And Lord, we pray just miraculous, supernatural signs and wonders would follow them and us. We pray this all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming out. By the way, if you haven't, go to our website or go to Andy. Is Andy in here? Andy's gone. Uh, the Facebook page for the church, I think if you look up Mount Hope Church, you'll see it's the Hope. Uh, sign up for that because that's where I'm doing most of our broadcasting and our messaging. Um, and also, we have a weather thing on the website. It's called Cancellations. So look there if you're wondering about next Sunday, and I will post it on there. On the weather, I know. That's the only way I've got to do it right now. So if you don't have Facebook, but if you do, sign up. Get on Facebook.
And like us if you're not doing that, all right? Amen. God bless you.